Welcome back. It's good music and good conversations right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. Remember that you can also connect and listen to this very, very show uh, on the Radio Pulpit website on www.radiopulpit.co.za or www.radiocouncil.co.za. We're also available on the I Am Youth website, which is www.imymovement.co.za. And you can just click on the Listen Now or Listen live um, and you can be able to stream this very very awesome awesome show that we have every Friday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and right now uh, we're heading straight into our tech impact and I'm going to hand over to Charles for him to share what's on his plate. Right thank you Given. so uh, it's bad news first and then it's good news. I don't know if you've noticed but since this week DSTV is trying to track down on those pirate streamers, pirate watchers on their platform. And the way that they are doing it is that they upgraded the user policy policy, and that will only allow one device to stream DSTV at any given time. Oh, wow. Now, uh, un- unfortunately, there there's been quite a backlash on that thing uh, because subscribers are very unhappy about it. I know that there's pirate watchers out there, but for instance, in my household, that does mean that when I'm watching my show my, or rugby or sport or whatever, my wife will not be able to stream DSTV to a different channel at the same time. Mm. That's even against sort of like the PVR thing that they had, that's against the dual view thing that they had. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know how they are going to come back from it from this, but the clients are not happy at all. They Just to me personally, it seems that there must be a better way to clamp down on the on the pirate streamers. I, I didn't even know that there's a term like that. There's a pirate streamer. Yeah, yeah. So that's the bad news. If you're one of the pirate streamers, it seems like your days of having DSTV is uh, counted, unfortunately. Imagine. <laughs> then, the good news, can you imagine that? And I mean, because nobody else is doing something similar to that. Mm. Um, but I mean, the, the other streaming companies probably has millions of dollars more. They're not bothered that much by it. Um, but, but because I mean, Amazon Prime, you can watch two different things on two devices. Well, probably more. I think you can watch up to four devices at any given time. Oh um, wow! Same with Netflix. But any case, right? So that's that's the one thing. And the second thing that I find is incredibly, incredibly good news is the fact that the city of Cape Town um, has been approved a tender process, a tender process in which some companies are able to supply them with 300 milliwatts of energy but the catch is this energy needs to be green energy right so this gets me very excited because it means that cities as big as cape town will be moving uh, cities as big as cape town in south africa i need to rephrase that will be moving to sort of off the grid type of environments mm. whereas the entire city will be powered by green energy so there will be no fossil fuels being burned and stuff like that that makes me incredibly excited i know it's not a beautiful thing to see these sort of wind farms and stuff but trust me it looks a lot better than a, than electricity or than a power plant does now when this process in cape town is finally rolled out they also will no longer have load shedding can you imagine that imagine in the in this entire country we're sitting with a city that's running on green energy and they will no longer have load shedding. Oh, so, wow. um, I'm really that's looking. Just some, 
That's very interesting. That's amazing. Hey? Yeah, very. It is amazing. So uh, that's the second thing. And on that point, I don't know if you've stumbled upon it, given, but apparently there's been a truck spotted in Santon, if I'm not mistaken, filled to the brim with the e-tron. I think it's called the e-tron, the Audi electric vehicle. Uh, so Audi are bringing the electric vehicles into the country, uh, which seems strange because we do not have a lot of electric vehicles in the country. But there's been a truck spotted. Now, this is also obviously something like, sounds like a paparazzi story, but Audi is currently mm. bringing in their e-vehicles into the country. So, if you're anything like me, I'm quite excited about the move that they're moving into green energy. That's a good thing, I believe, for this country of ours. Tech-wise, your side, given? Ah, very, very interesting stuff here. I really think... Um, yeah, South Africa definitely does not have an infrastructure of um, for electric vehicles. And I've seen at a number of uh, garages, you know, when you're traveling to maybe like Polokwane or any distance, there are some few petrol station or fueling stations with um, charging stations for cars. But I don't think it's mm. so many that it's sustainable. I think where it would work is not for long distances, but for commuting. So if you live in a particular suburb and in your own home, you charge your vehicle. And I mean, if it's giving you, I mean, some of these vehicles range between 250 to 300. So I'm just going to average it on like 300 miles. Uh, just to find out how many kilometers. That's about 482 kilometers. Yeah. So that's that's pretty decent. Those are decent kilometers. You could literally go to Bethal, two-hour drive and back. Um, so if you're if you're using that to commute, then you you could stay with without needing in fact traveling within Gauteng obviously within like the the inner cities like Pretoria and Johannesburg you can actually drive for days without needing to re- recharge so there is some practicality uh to it i would say um so i think that mm. it's a very good question is south africa ready for any fully electric vehicle that's a very very good question um, and I think I'm, I'm yeah. really glad that you brought that one up, Shal. Uh, so the one that I wanted to bring up, first of all, is something a bit more useful and practical uh, to everyday users of the Microsoft suite. Now, I don't know. I am really not a fan of subscribing. Subscriptions in terms of Netflix. Let me rather actually put it this way. I am a fan of subscription services. I'm just not a fan of um having every single service being a subscription because at the end of the day you can only have so many subscriptions but th- you can save let's say for example 2000 or 3000 rands and buy a software and own it at home uh that's much more mm. sustainable right and i'm really getting annoyed mm. at the fact that so many of these softwares that we really need um, are choosing to have um, subscription-based, offer subscription-based services like Adobe, which is usually used by professionals and people who want to learn how to design and stuff. Uh, but apart from that, uh, what I wanted to talk about is Microsoft. Oh my goodness, I think we're sleeping on Microsoft. Um, so I don't think people realize just how much Microsoft offers on their suite. I really don't think people are aware because we often just think of Microsoft as 
the place that has Microsoft Word, uh, Microsoft Excel, uh, Microsoft, you know, all, all the usual things. Um, I don't think we're actually aware of just how much Microsoft actually offers. And they offer quite a lot. And I discovered it recently when I started exploring using my Microsoft account. And considering how much they offer, I will be honest in saying that they are very, very, very affordable. Just based on how much they offer. They are very, very affordable. Um, So, for example, I recently discovered uh, that Microsoft has... They've had this for quite a while, but obviously I only discovered it recently because they also don't advertise this to that off that much because it's mostly used by business users. Uh, they have a thing called Power Automate, right? And what Power Automate does is it basically automates everything that you do on your on your on your computer. Um, so, for example, we use it here at work with the I Am Studio where sometimes we'll need to automate something instead of just uh, having it, um, having to do it over and over again because some things are very cumbersome. You don't want to, oh, let's say you work a job and your boss constantly asks you to copy these files and onto an external hard drive. You can literally use automate so that it does that for you at a particular time of the day every day. Or you just click one button and it just does everything automatically. You can automate it to open specific apps. You can automate it to send emails. You can automate it to do cumbersome things that you don't want to keep doing every day. But a really, really impressive app that I found on the Microsoft suite is uh, one called uh, Power Apps. Oh my goodness, I don't know if you know it, Charles, but Power Apps is absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. It is absolutely amazing. It's basically an app uh, that, that that is able to, it's like, a, yeah, I'll call it a web app that's able to pull in an Excel sheet or something that you created in, um, uh, what is this called again? It's either something you, you, you created on Excel or something that you created on, is it Microsoft Access, Shaw? Yes. Yeah. Databases. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's able to pull a database and literally turn it into an app, like within the snap of a finger. And I really, wow. really find that amazing. Like, I literally did it myself. I put in some um, date. So, for example, let's say you're a person who is constantly organizing events at work right and you constantly have to keep up with this is just a rough example let's say literally your job is to organize events for your workplace or whatever Um, you can literally go and then you have a spreadsheet of people who you always need to send emails to or people who you always need to keep up with rsvps you can literally create your own app on uh, Microsoft apps where it'll take the database of all the people that you normally have to invite and work with on events, including your team, your team that you uh, need updates from. And it can literally create an app that allows you to send those emails to everyone simply using this app and even keep track with your, your, your team in terms of how far they are. So let's say you've given them tasks. They can give you updates on this app as to whether a task is done or not. And if it's not marked as done on the app, you can simply call them and say, hey, I see on the app that you haven't marked your task as done. What's going on? Um, or if you're a person who 
uh, works a lot with networking and you network with a lot of people. Another thing that you can do is create an app that, for example, let's say you know people in retail, you know people in the education sector, you know people in government and you met people at specific events. You can literally create an app, sort of like your own CRM system, that every time you meet someone, you add them onto this app. So you can fill in a, a, a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet or a database, and then it pulls them into this app and into this um, onto this platform and it creates an app for you. Can you believe that? And you can literally, if you're looking for all your people in retail, you just type retail and all of them come up. If you're looking for people in government, all of them come up. Now you know who to contact for what, and you can also find them very easily. I really, really thought that was very amazing. Very, very amazing. Um, yeah, so, uh, and not only amazing, but I also felt like it's very useful as well. Like it could be something that's useful to you sitting at home, um, something that you can apply um in your in at work as well like there are some things at work that are so cumbersome that you have to do on a regular basis that you can simply just automate and it could literally save you so much time obviously not everything is conducive to automation uh, but some things actually are because they're so cumbersome. Um, if you if you want to just learn a bit more, just Google uh, uh, or just search on YouTube like things that I should be automating at work and then you'll get some ideas on how it actually works and how it can make your life so much easier because there are some things you sit at work and you think to yourself, ah, man, this, this shouldn't be this cumbersome it shouldn't be this boring it's too boring mm. to have to repeat it over and over <laughs> and over again but anyways it this has also inspired me to look mm. a bit deeper into the microsoft's offerings in their suite um, and also just find out what else are they offering because we've been sleeping <laughs> we've definitely of, of been course. sleeping on microsoft another thing i wanted to mention is I don't know about you, Charles, but I am very suspicious of the fact that Apple might might have also always had plans to build their own metaverse. I don't know what you think. And I honestly don't think there is another, any in the world, I don't think there is another company that is well prepared and well positioned to create a metaverse as well as Apple. Yes. Like I really, really, I th I really think it might be possible, even though this is Mark Zuckerberg's dream. But I really think that uh, um, uh, what's his name, Tom? What's his name? The CEO of Apple again? Um, I forgot his face. I, I, I not his face. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I mean, his same name. But I know his face. But. Um... I forgot his name, but yeah. anyways, him, um, he might actually, or rather, let me say, Apple might actually crush Facebook in building a metaverse. The reason I say that is because Facebook, um, one of the reasons that they felt that they're so confident that they can build a metaverse is because of their Oculus and how well it's doing. Well, it's no longer known as the Oculus. It's now the MetaQuest. Um, so... They, it, they've sold more units of the Quest than the PlayStation. They've uh, actually, I think, more than... It's either more than the PlayStation or the Xbox. Uh, I think it's more than the, than, the, than the PlayStation. They've literally dominated the industry of um, v um, v virtual 
virtual augmentation. I think augmentation is when you you get immersed in the world, right, Charles? Yeah, VR. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, that's virtual reality. Virtual augmentation is when uh, something virtual is brought to your world. Like Pokemon. Yes, like Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Augmentation. Yeah. Okay, so yes. VR, virtual reality. So Facebook is a huge, huge winner and a champion in the world of uh, virtual reality and giving you those immersive experiences where you can literally be in a theater with a friend who's miles and miles away from you. And they give the most portable and beautiful detail in terms of quality. However... Apple has the best ecosystem and that's very important to building a metaverse. The reason I say that is this, right? If let's say um, Apple were to design a mobile game, the one thing you can be sure about is the fact that that mobile game will also work seamlessly on the iPad. It'll work seamlessly on the MacBook. It'll work seamlessly on the iMac, like on every single platform that they have. And what's, uh, what else is beautiful is the fact that if they start selling you items for those games, you can be very well sure that no matter what platform you're on, your items will be equally, will e be equally available. Unlike, for example, if Fortnite offers you something, um, it's not the same on every device, right? It, the experience is not oh. the same on every device, um, as etc., etc. So even if Facebook can sell, start selling things on the... Um, on the on the meta meta quest there is no guarantee that you'll be able to get the very same experience on other devices so apple is in a very good position to start selling digital goods that's basically what i'm what i'm getting at which they're already doing they have um a, a, a newspaper right Charles? um like they have a newspaper subscription uh, they already have uh, Apple TV Plus, where you can subscribe and watch their original series. Um, so they also have their gaming platform as well, where you can also subscribe and play games for free, right? So Apple has already established that digital e-commerce, where you can buy digital things that give you a sense of value. Now, imagine now, for I mean, there's already people in Fortnite who and all these other games who love buying games from these platforms. Imagine if Apple were to start doing that. At least you know that the thing you're buying will have value across different platforms. And here's the most important part. You can actually sell your items to other people because everyone on the Apple devices will have the very same experience, use the very same store, and use the very same currency. I really, really think Facebook should, or rather Meta, should look out for Apple because they might really, really beat them to that Metaverse race.